It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Dave and Degenevich, a new conversation. All right, here we go. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM at 1160 AM. Well, welcome to the national media. Welcome to the Vice President of the United States, uh, Kamala Harris, of course, in town uh, already over the weekend, Dave. The national spotlight on Utah, specifically the University of Utah, as we prep for this major vice presidential debate, uh, which takes place tomorrow night, uh, starting at 7 o'clock our time. I'm still a little shocked that we got this. Like, how did how did this end up in our backyard? Utah is not exactly one of those flippable states. So it is interesting that... We are the home to the party. Dave, I'm just, uh, and I'm just getting word right now that there is nothing on the vice president's schedule for today. We just checked his schedule. Nothing on the schedule, which says to me, he might be practicing today. <laughs> it's all practice. Practice, practice, practice. Hey, we've got a great show for you. Let's jump right into it. It's 9.07. It's time for the launch. Sequence engaged. And here are the three things that Debbie wants you to know. Countdown three. Well, our other big story today, DIY contact tracing. Yes, do-it-yourself contact tracing. Utah County remodeling its program. I can't blame them. The county had 9,526 cases in just the past month, David. In fact, the explosion of cases is even too much for the National Guard to keep up. But that's right. The Utah County um, Health Department called in the National Guard to help contact trace. So they've got this new approach. They call the person with COVID and teach them how to do their own contact tracing. We'll have a live interview with KSL TV's Morgan Wolf, who's been ta- uh, tracking this story, and ask her what does she think about this DIY approach. We also will discuss a new way of doing contact tracing, reverse contact tracing. Maybe that will help Utah County catch up. Countdown to... Also, our other top story today, tracking the president's COVID-19 recovery. It looks like he slept at the White House last night. I mean, we don't have direct confirmation here at KSL News Radio that he was sleeping soundly at the White House last night. But that looks like what happened, right? So we're going to be diving into the effectiveness of the drugs that he's um, taking to fight the virus. We're talking about that again today. Um, Why? Well, because we're talking to a COVID-19 survivor live. She lives in Utah, spent three weeks in the hospital, three days on a ventilator. Uh, And Dave, I want to ask her if she has any lingering side effects. I also want to know about the drug cocktail she was on because she was on one of the drugs that the president is now on. Um, And she also was on hydroxychloroquine. We're going to ask her if that worked, if any of these drugs worked for her when she calls us at 9.50. Yeah, we talked to Cass back in June uh, after she was released from the hospital. 
I really didn't remember a lot of things. They had me um, on a lot of drugs. I was on not one IV, but three IVs. Um, you know, I had the oxygen tubes, the feeding tubes. I've also got some fascinating numbers, Debbie, of who is transmitting the virus. Ooh. It's going to be fascinating. Is it your mom? Is it your dad? Is it an aunt, uncle, friends, neighbors? I've got all the breakdown of who is transmitting the virus. Launch countdown one. So while Dave's on super spreader patrol, we'll also be talking about our other top story, the most important VP debate in recent history. Eyes of the Nation laser focus on the University of Utah. This at the same time COVID-19 is spreading through the White House, of course. There are several new safety protocols in place now for the VP debate at Kingsbury Hall tomorrow night. We don't have an official agenda, I don't think, for Kamala Harris. But we did uh, learn just moments ago that VP Mike Pence, who's in town, has nothing on the agenda for today. We hope they're both practicing, possibly using flashcards. VP Pence touched down in Salt Lake City last night. He said this, Dave, before boarding Air Force Two. The president told me he was headed back to the White House. He told me to head to Utah. So here's what uh, VP Pence and uh, Kamala Harris can look forward to besides Utah hospitality. Plexiglass will separate uh, the vice president and the senator. Kamala's camp wanted it. Pence's camp didn't want it. The vice president spokesman said if Senator Harris wants to use a fortress around herself, then have at it. They were originally going to be spaced seven feet apart. They're going to be distance even further apart, David. Right. They'll be seated uh, about 13 feet apart. Plexiglass plus 13 feet. I don't know where they came up with 13 feet, but there we go. We're, we're going to double it. Baker's dozen. There and, you go. And if you're one of the very few people invited inside the hall for the debate, at Kingsbury Hall for the debate, and you don't wear a mask, well, I'm told you're going to be escorted out this time. Yeah, that's going to be extremely awkward if it's, like, the vice president's wife, right? How do you escort her out? Dave and Jenovic. The launch. Commence. We want to begin right now with uh, Tim Hughes, who just ran into the studio with a handful of paperwork there. He looks like you got breaking news, Tim. We do. Uh, we're hearing from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints that Elder Garrett Gong and his wife have now tested positive for the virus. This statement coming from uh, the church spokesman, Eric Hawkins, uh, says, As shared in General Conference this weekend, Elder Garrett W. Gong was recently exposed to COVID-19 and did not participate in conference in person. He and Sister Gong have now tested positive for the virus. Their condition is mild, but they are being cautious and their health is being carefully monitored by doctors. The church will follow all appropriate health protocols for contact tracing and will continue to follow health guidelines for this virus to protect church leaders, including self-isolation as appropriate. We continue to encourage all church members to take steps to protect themselves and uh, one another during the global pandemic. And, uh, just to confirm, he's uh, in the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles, correct? That, right. is, that yes. is correct, Dave says. Okay, Tim Hughes, thank you so much. I know you're going to be tracking that story in the newsroom uh, throughout the morning. Your voice, your vote. Utah's vice presidential debate. Special coverage with David Dujanovic. It's just a, a, a day and a half away. The vice presidential debate at the University of Utah. The only debate between the candidates for vice president. It'll have the candidates, for starters, spaced 13 feet apart. 
and Dave, they're going to be separated by the thing, same thing we're going to be separated by tomorrow when we're up at the University of Utah with full coverage in the morning. Plexiglass. Yeah, access to the debate for the media. Well, there are a ton of safety protocols that the media members have had to follow. We're going to ask KSL News Radio's Mary Richards all about that. Plus, we're going to hear from Jason Perry at the Hinckley Institute of Politics in just a moment. We're going to ask him about the debate, including will the moderator be able to cut the candidates' mics? Mary Richards on the line with us live right now. Good morning, Mary. Hey, good morning. Yeah, I've been up to Rice-Eccles Stadium where they've got the whole press center for us and we to get the credential and everything like that. Uh, and it is quite the operation and there are a lot of rules to follow. I got to get a COVID test, the one where I swab my own nose and throat. Ooh. So looking forward to that. That's a hundred bucks that our station has to pay. Also have to get a certain spot. You have to purchase a desk inside the media center if you want to be in that area. That's 580 bucks given to the debate commission per person. And then uh, I've got to wear one of their masks. It says if you're going to be in the perimeter, you need to wear a peach medical mask that they provide. You can come in wearing your cloth mask, but you got to grab one of theirs. So that was kind of another interesting point. Uh, they are being super cautious. We'll all have wristbands and credentials that are huge on our chest to show who we are and where we should be uh, as they take all these precautions. Mary Richards, thank you. Uh, they don't trust your own homemade mask. There you go. They're going to give you one of theirs. So there you go, the peach mask. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do when a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything it was violent it was senseless and i will never understand it i will never accept it i'm amy donaldson and unfortunately we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives but what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt in a new podcast the letter we relive tragedy but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Your voice, your vote. Utah's vice presidential debate. Special coverage with David Dujanovic. Uh, no, this is actually uh, David Dujanovic with David Dujanovic and Dave Noriega. Vice President Mike Pence and Senator Kamala Harris in town. So let's everybody be on your best behavior. <laughs> They're debate prepping. We've got a huge debate uh, tomorrow night at Kingsbury Hall uh, at the University of Utah. It is, I'm just going to say it's the most anticipated VP debate in um, modern times. And it's coming off a very, very stressful week. Uh, this debacle of a presidential debate, then the president catches COVID, he gets admitted to the hospital. Consider the stakes raised for this debate. I mean, it is done. It is huge. Jason Perry with the Hinckley Institute of Politics will join us in just a moment to give us a preview of what's in store. we got to find out if your idea, Dave, to cut the mics at any given time that the candidates interrupt each other or step on each other, if that's going to be a thing uh, during tomorrow night's debate. Well, and another thing that's going to be a little tricky, Debbie, is the plexiglass that divides them. 
Are they going to be able to even hear each other? Is it going to sound all muffled? <laughs> Senator Harris and Vice President Mike Pence in town, gearing up for the debate. Um, here's a preview of, of what they both expect. Ahead of Wednesday's vice presidential debate, Senator Kamala Harris says she's prepared for a barrage of lies. I guess the biggest thing, just to be candid with you, is to be prepared for what is, I think, very likely to be a series of untruths. And Vice President Mike Pence has said he's ready to take on the former prosecutor. I think she is a a skilled debater, uh, but I can't wait to get to Salt Lake City and be on the stage with her. Fake news, lies, anything that comes out of anyone's mouth. Untruth. Cannot be trusted. Come on. I mean, at some point, we have to stop this. We got to stop this. Like, you can't trust anything. Don't trust anything anyone says. It's tiresome. So will there be a kill switch for tomorrow night's debate? Jason Perry, Hinckley Institute of Politics at the University of Utah, on the line live with us right now. How about that kill switch, Jason? Is it going to happen? I will tell you, still under advisement from the conversations I've been having. I, I, I told the Commission on Presidential Debates that the whole idea started with Dave right here on your program, and exactly. I think that made them more interested. <laughs> uh, what, what are the odds? Give us, give us, give us the over and under on this. Yeah, so I, I think that for this particular debate, it's not as likely as what I think. Uh, mostly because these candidates are so different than the people at the top of the ticket. Their approach uh, is completely different. Their demeanors are different. Their style is different. So I don't think that people are as concerned in this one as they are really about number two and number three uh, presidential debates if they happen. Have we been given any clue to what the topics are going to be? Uh, we haven't. Uh, unlike what we got in the first debate from Chris Wallace, he did the, the general areas. We don't have anything from Susan Page so far. But as I have conversations with people here on site, I think they're going to follow a similar pattern because some of these issues were not just important. The first one, some of them, like what you were just talking about with the COVID response, is even more important than it was in that first one. They're sort of it's become so real that it's almost hard to just put a political wrapper around it now. I think we're going to get to issues of COVID and COVID response and the economy that's tied to it uh, right away in this vice presidential debate. Do you anticipate sort of that same vein, Jason, uh, the discussion about the president's uh, diagnosis and uh, what has become looks like a super spreader event in the Rose Garden uh, when they uh, the president introduced his nominee for SCOTUS? Yeah, I, I don't think it's possible for anyone to avoid that part of the discussion. I don't think it'd be possible, it'd be be really prudent for someone to try to pretend that it didn't happen or it wasn't significant either. I, but Vice President Pence has been running the task force for the the, st- the country's response on this, so I think he's going to have to do some talking about that in particular. But I, I think you, there may be some downplaying about how serious. It is, but I don't think anyone's going to say that this is not real anymore. This has got to the highest levels of the White House with the President of the United States. I think it's a fair topic, and I think these candidates are going to have to talk about it. Our understanding of civility uh, keeps changing. <laughs> what What is civil in this debate? What is it going to look like? Is there still going to be some tense moments? Uh, or will this be candidates really focusing on their plans? Well, I think a part of both. I think that uh, they will be focusing on their plans. And I, I think the level of interest in that is 
is at an all-time high. And what you said at the top of the show is, is right. This is going to be the most watched vice presidential debate in history. And it's because people are looking for the answers to these to these policy questions. Where are they going? And there is so much uncertainty. Everything changes by the moment uh, in this particular election, particularly considering the pandemic. So um, I, I think that that's what we're going to see. And I think that also these two candidates are going to spend a lot of time on the stage being very sharp. These are these are some really, really smart people. Uh, Senator Harris is going to be very pointed. This is your first part. There will be tense moments. She's honed her skills in the courtroom as a prosecutor. She goes after facts. She's used to going after things that she sees as lies as well. So we're going to see some tension from her for sure. But on the other side, uh, Vice President Pence you know, he's been a steady force, uh, you know, through his time in office and in the last debate. I think he's not going to be too rattled, but I still think these two are going to go after each other, but maybe not in the traditional way that you see in a debate like this. Mike Pence also uh, hosted a radio show, so you know those radio show people. They can talk for days. Uh, Jason Perry. <laughs> Jason, I have one more question for you. Uh, we were talking about it off the top of the show, so I think our listeners who stayed with us want an answer to this. Uh, you know, the first family took off the masks after they arrived at the last debate. I'm hearing through our reporting this morning that anybody who's unmasked in at Kingsbury Hall tomorrow night will be escorted out. Do you anticipate uh, the Cleveland Clinic or others to follow through with that? Well, uh, that's the discussion today. I'll tell you the expectation is that everyone in this place will be wearing a mask. Everyone in here will have already been tested uh, for COVID and will have a negative response. And it has been clear to every single person that has a ticket, you will be wearing a mask. Jason, thank you so much for joining us. Good luck. And uh, we'll be watching. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andreas Martin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.